Welcome to episode 3 of Isolation, the Madhouse podcast specials designed to get you and mostly me through the boredom and strange times we are living in. Today I'm going to call Jimmy again, obviously, and then I'm going to call John Huffman, the Reverend John Huffman, and uh, have a conversation with him because he's really interesting and I think it will be a really good conversation. So I'm going to call Jimmy now and hope he picks up. Hello. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. 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 Hello. <laughs> I'll try, try that again. <laughs> no, that was, that's, that, no, 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 that's part of the, that was part of the plan. <laughs> right, well, obviously I'm calling you on Nat's phone. Yeah, and you've just, uh, you've just ruined the amusing gag. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Took me all of two minutes to think of that gag. <laughs> Uh, you sat, It was good acting. You sounded genuinely upset that Nat had answered her phone. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm stuck in the house, so I'm doing all my. <laughs> I'm practicing my acting skills. Nice. Well, it's going well. Thanks. I'm calling you on Nat's phone because I think your phone is made eighty percent out of potatoes. Well, yeah, it's very. It's a very old phone. It's still connected to the wall. <laughs> 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 True. <laughs> I saw your video today with Nat on Facebook. You're going crazy enough that you're getting creative in the house yes. and releasing uh, videos of you on the keyboard and guitar and that singing. It sounded pretty good. Yeah, it's all right. It's just a that's just a little um, a starter. It's yeah. like a little appetizer. And then I think we're putting out another one tomorrow. But then we're going to film it properly where you could actually see us. Okay. I'm going to get dressed and put some makeup on. Yeah. Take off my uh, apocalypse casual trousers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll 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 do something for the people. Oh, well, you know what the people want. They can see it on Facebook by the way if you want to go and have a watch of uh, Jimmy and Nat doing duets through the isolation period, however long that lasts. What song was it today? Yes. The Old Bone Orchard off our second album. Cool. I like that one. This this town called Purgatory, I believe the second album's called Had a Blank There. <laughs> yeah, we always forget it. It is this town called Purgatory. It is, yes. We should just number them. Like Adele. We should number them, you know. Yeah. Oh, does she number us, does she? They are her age, I think, when she made her album, Adele's. Oh right, yeah, we can't do that. That's 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 gonna be terrible. But to our joint our joint age or five of us. <laughs> Oh, that'd be shocking. That's three digits, that is. That's just with Nats alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, what What are you doing with yourself? What, right now? <laughs> I didn't think it was that obvious. <laughs> no, in general, obviously. Uh, today, I've been getting ready to talk to the Reverend John Huffman. Right, yes, of course. So I've been yeah. figuring out what I'm going to talk to him about. And I spoke to Zoe Heslop in our last episode, so I've been checking over the the recordings of that, see how usable it all is, which is what I usually do Lovely. through all the Lovely. podcasts. So it's going well. It's been busy. I've been building some Lego towers, some Lego houses. I made an awesome Lego car. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it's good. The kids turn up and... Uh, do you want to play Lego? And I'm like, go on then. But inside I'm like, hell yeah, I want to play Lego. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's build a spaceship. 100%. Yeah. So I'm having an alright time. Do you know what I've done today? No. Have you come up with any more fashion accessories <laughs> for the apocalypse? Not yet, but not yet, but you know I have a lot of gas masks here from our video when we did that. Yeah, I was hoping one would appear in the post for when I need to go shopping. <laughs> Yeah, it might do. I did uh, I did dress up in the boiler suit and I had my leather jacket on, I had a gas mask and a pork pie hat on and I was holding my um, companion Jangles the Moon Monkey and I sent a picture to all the, the lads at work to, to right. say about my cabin it, fever setting in. I was going to say, is it is it sex night tonight over at the uh, Jimmy and Nat house? Uh, no, of course it isn't. Overalls and leather jackets and... Uh... What else did you say? No, no, it's not because I've got more pressing matters at hand. I'm melting a massive candle. Why? Well, to be fair, candles are meant to melt in the long run anyway. 
Yeah, I know, but what I'm doing is adding other little bits of candle to it, and I'm melting it, and I'm dripping all the wax all over the fucking place. Why? I don't fucking know. I'm really <laughs> just bored. <laughs> Why don't you fashion a slingshot? Because okay. you have a window that opens up onto a massive courtyard of all the other apartment windows. Yeah. You could make a slingshot and confuse the hell out of some people. You got any frozen yeah, peas? Yeah, I could do. Yeah, yeah, of course. I could, yeah, I could chuck a load of frozen peas at yeah. people. Or a pea yeah, shooter if you've got something to fashion something out of. I'm lucky yeah. that we have um, kids to keep us entertained and busy. I got a lot of yeah. podcast work on because I'm just, well, I'm doing these episodes and I'm trying to get other people on to talk to. Yeah, well, I've, I've got kids here as well, but they're not my own. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You were in here when Boris said everyone had to stay where they were. You're not allowed to leave. <laughs> exactly. So, Jimmy, what are your plans for this week? What are my plans for this week? <laughs> yeah, oh. Are you and that going on for like a, a hike to the bathroom? Oh, yeah, I might do. I might. Oh. No, we're going we're gonna to go to the wasteland of the, the spare room and clean it out. And uh, we're going to put on, a, I think we're going to put on a little gig. Yes, I think you should delve into the back catalogue of Headstone Horrors tracks and oh, do why? some They're all shit. <laughs> but you've grown as a player, as we all have in the last few years, so yeah. you could rewrite yeah, an yeah. oldie and uh, I think it'd be quite fun. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I might try that. Yeah. Yeah. Might try that. Yeah. Sounds good. I know some people have been putting a glass of booze in different rooms around the house. And calling it a pub right. call. Oh, okay. So maybe you could do that. I might do that the coming Friday. Good shout. I did have a, a party on my own last night with some booze. <laughs> I was um, okay. I was obviously talking to you recording the last episode. And yes. I was talking to Zoe and I was nervous because Zoe was the first person I've ever interviewed, apart from Andy, but he doesn't count. Well, yeah, because we know him. Yeah, I hang out with him all the time. Yeah. So I may have had a few brandies during and in between breaks as normal. And by the time it finished, I just sat on the sofa. I packed everything away. Did a little cry? No, I didn't have a little cry. (laughs) 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 Andy gave me a call. Yeah. No, Andy gave me an invite to uh, one of those Zoom meeting things. And there were quite a few punk rockers on there. So I was on there for 15, 20 minutes having a drink, chatting with people. Nice. So that was good. Yeah, that sounds alright. Right, we're running out of time. Can you chuck now? Okay, on? she's just bothering the fish at the minute. Yeah, but I'll put I'll put her on. All right, peace out, loves. Cheers, man. Mwah. See you later. Mwah, mwah. Sick bastards. <laughs> all right. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. I was just saying to Jimmy, I liked your video and that you're putting out some more. And I also said to him that I think you should pick out an old one out of the Headstone Horrors back catalogue and spruce it up, dust it off. Okay, is that what he said bullshit? Yes. And right, I was saying, okay. yeah, but get it out, rewrite <laughs> it. Put the the new you on it, as in the new him. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what plans have you got for isolation this week? Not a great deal. Uh, I think we're just going to do some music. I saw through all, all of our merch and stuff, so... you got any particular films that you are got lined up for the next few days? I know it's usually mm. Sunday, Monday and Tuesday are your horror film nights or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Have you extended that to Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Yes. We watched Final Destination 2 this afternoon. Oh, I love the Final Destination films. I like a guilty pleasure. <laughs> yeah, you know what's going to happen, but yeah. it's still fun. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's going to end up dead in a Final Destination film due to a ping pong ball rolling and hitting something on a shelf that then rolls and hits something else, and then the tennis ball flings <laughs> in the air. Uh, and, and then bursts into flames. Yeah, as it hits the light shade, the light shade falls down on someone's head and their head explodes. <laughs> it's uh, it's I great. Could... Yeah, I like that if they'll, they'll um, like be in cars and stuff, but will avoid a massive pileup. But then they're going to slip on a banana peel and then impale their head on a fence or something. Like, it's not what you think is going to kill them. Yeah, sometimes it's just out of nowhere. Yeah, because you're like, ooh, ooh, 
and then yeah. Is it number two where there's a cupboard that is opening and there's something in it, so he, he manages to close it shut and keep. And I'm like, mm. I'm, how imagine being so scared of your cupboard opening? Just leave the room. Anyway, they're good. I like them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it might be number one. There's five out now. Yes, we were trying to decide what happens in which one earlier. Because yeah. we watched five recently, and I thought that was a roller coaster, but it turns out it's the suspension bridge. Three is the roller coaster. Okay, I've seen three. I haven't seen four or five, and I wanted to watch them all in order because five is out on uh, Netflix or Prime. Yeah, that's quite good. But I don't know if I need to watch four or remember what happened in the ones before. Mm, I get don't a bit... think it matters after after two. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> I think we watched the roller coaster one together. Probably, because it was in those days where we were hanging out in each other's living rooms a lot. Mm, I think one of us bought it from a pub man. A and pub we watched man. it on DVD. Okay. Yeah, like a man in the pub that sells DVDs. Yeah, you don't get them anymore. Get rid of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to editing out a lot of Jimmy. Yeah. I, what I'm going to do is just put a beep over that and leave it to people's imaginations. <laughs> nice <laughs> Alright, well I'm going to get off Because I've got to go call John I don't want to be late Oh, okay, yeah I'm talking yes. to him in a minute Oh, lovely, that would be nice a kid He is lovely Indeed, yeah He looks lovely anyway as in on Yeah, his... you didn't You didn't do those gigs He's really no, nice No, I never met before But obviously oh, I'm fine. talking to him tonight So I've been looking at his Facebook and interests To be ready <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to call up With nothing to talk about so, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, well, thanks for talking okay, to I'll, me. Uh, yep. I'm going to get off. Yep, Have a good right. night. Try and survive, right, you too. Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, he's back on the candle. <laughs> that, that's, that's just weird. I don't know what he's... I didn't fully understand what he meant. Is he literally melting a candle all around the house? Candles into candles. No, it's just one. We've got one big candle okay. that now has absorbed about four tea lights. Well, it's... I'll send you a picture. Yeah, it's good to have ambitions and hobbies. <laughs> and it's only been a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> Speak to you later. Cheers. Bye. 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 Right, well, awesome. Let's move on. Let's give Reverend John a call and see how he's doing in isolation and what plans he's got for going forward within it because uh, everybody needs to come up with something to do. Not that there's much to do in your house. Anyway... Let's give him a call and see how he is. Hello, mate. Hello, Reverend John. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing, man? I'm right, thank you. How are you holding up? I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm okay. I'm like, it's a bit weird because I'm one of those like super extroverted people that's always around people and always out doing things. So. Yeah. Like it's it's for my job. I see people all day long, generally, and then like at weekends, I blow off steam going to gigs. So yeah, this is really weird, actually, at the minute. Uh, it's it's been it's been a funny one. Like up until well, obviously up until probably like last week, we had a gig at the Emersham Arms in London tomorrow. So like, <laughs> it's just weird looking at the calendar and seeing like the next five or six are already cancelled. You know? Yeah, and uh, all the plans they just drop out the window i know you in riviera riviera kids are booked for rebellion so we've all got to hope that everything's blown over by then yeah it's it's weird looking that far down the list because i think we've we've got about 15 gigs in our calendar before that and i'm not sure if any of them are going to happen yeah it is it's really odd looking down the list and thinking like Bristol's already been uh, postponed or one in Manchester we're waiting to hear about but we're guessing it's not going to go ahead or one in Liverpool was like this uh, Smith Down Road Festival's been cancelled this year completely yeah uh, and then from there on out it's just like loads and loads of weekends because we try to keep busy but yeah so we don't actually know how much of any of it's going to happen let alone Rebellion Festival right now yeah, it's weird well so for our listeners who may not know about Riviera Kid or about you, and I hope you don't mind me saying that uh, you're a really interesting person to talk to. Oh, thanks. Uh, That's, <laughs> I, I don't mind that at all. I, I don't know what's <laughs> interesting about me, but people always seem to say that. So, well, you, yeah, um, cool. <laughs> and correct me if any of this is wrong. You're a non-binary reverend in the Church of England, who is also a yeah. punk rocker, 
originally from Pittsburgh in the US, Pennsylvania, and now yeah. has a congregation yeah. in Margate in the UK. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah. That's um, pretty and, interesting. And I'm also an anarchist. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it doesn't all usually come from the same list. <laughs> Those different... Oh, no, uh, that's... <laughs> that's fair enough I yeah think it's I, I never it's think amazing. about that <laughs> until somebody starts going down the stats i never think <laughs> about the fact that it's pretty weird actually well obviously i, I knew you from beforehand but i wanted to uh i would do a bit of research and i i kept finding out more that just made you more interesting as a, oh, cool. as a person to talk to can i start by asking about your move from pittsburgh to the uk and was it for work? Was it for love or just a change in life and scenery? It's probably, I, I don't know. It's, I, I've told it so many times that it doesn't feel interesting anymore, but it's probably <laughs> interesting. So like my wife, uh, her mom's from Northern Kent originally. She's, I mean, okay. she's, I think she turned 70 this year, but so she lived in the U.S. for 35 years. Um, she got married to a dude in Western New York who's Timmy's dad. They were together for like just over a year after Timmy was born and they split up. But then she stayed around the States. She got remarried, lived there till 2010. Yeah. And then like her brother died and left her uh, some inheritance money. And she decided she was going to use that to move back to the UK. Uh, she moved back over here 2000, maybe about like eight months ahead of me and Timmy. Yeah. And then invited us to to come along on the adventure. The like, you know, sort of six months into living here, she was all established and asked if we'd want to come and give it a go for a year. Yeah, we were naive and thought like you could actually just move here for a year and somehow we'd have the savings to move back. Because <laughs> I was like twenty six or so, and it's like you know, I was young enough to think you could actually do that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. So we we moved over here and we were going to give it a go for a year. But at the end of that year, you know. We didn't really have the savings to move back, but we didn't really want to anyway. So we've just bedded down here for the last since 2011. So yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's I think that's cool and interesting. I, I think it's all part of the the story of you and Riviera Kid. Yeah, and I mean it's it's cool because like gr- growing up, I listened to loads of old English punk bands like the Vibrators and Stiff Little Well Stiff Little Fingers aren't English. They're irish but yes you know, yeah. a lot of british punk bands growing up and like like the undertones and the clash and like so i, I really thought like this is where the punk scene was so yeah, yeah. it was actually quite cool to start play, going out and playing gigs and then like i found out about stuff like rebellion festival and morcom and uh another winner of discontent that used to happen down in london and it's like Actually, I can still go see a lot of these bands with most of their original members. It's ridiculous. Yeah, we do have quite a lot going on in the UK, even to this day. In fact, I think it's picking up the last couple of years. Oh, ab- absolutely. We are, we, are, we are the trendsetters in DIY punk at this point. I can say that have, having a lot of friends in the US uh, still. We've got more bands they know about than they've got bands that we know about. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I uh, I grew up in the '90s, so I know it wasn't always that way. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We had a lot of uh, the <laughs> punk bands from the '90s. I grew up liking uh, a Bad Religion and all the uh, the bands I used to listen to when I skateboarded. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the '90s. Like, so I mean, you're probably around my age. But, like, I grew up. I was I was a teenager until i think i turned 18 in 1999 so i grew up like through all of the good stuff on lookout records and then like hellcat and epitaph and fat wreck yeah and, like the, the 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 good old days of warp tour where you could like go see a band like no use for a name play for 20 people at noon because nobody knew who they were yet yeah yeah well i turned 18 in 2006 all oh, right 13. yeah so you're a little bit further behind me yeah yeah, I backtrack on a lot of the '90s punk. I think I got into punk about '98, and then uh, bought a lot of albums all at once, <laughs> which was great. Fair enough. I did that with <laughs> I did that with all the '70s stuff because that shit that shit was well over by the time that I was yeah, even yeah. born. But like, like yeah, somebody somebody makes you a mixtape and it's got bands like like the Addicts and Sham '69 and stuff on it. And yes. I'm like, oh, I need to go out and buy these. I need I need to fill my boots with this stuff. Yeah, well, Nat from the singer from Headstone Horrors was the one that was. Uh, chucking that stuff at me uh her and her sister oh, were, nice. they lived uh just down the road from me literally two minutes walk me and that grew up with each other and uh yeah we were both into our, our skater punk at the time and yeah just 
a massive exploration of decades worth of music at that point to catch up on. So yeah, I mean, it's awesome. good. And you're in two yeah. bands. You from? I, I was in two bands. I'm I'm, I'm only in one these days. Uh, very very recently, uh, I've I've split ways with Ode to Sleep. So I'm just doing Riviera Kid at the minute. Oh, have you? Well, yeah, you're the front man for the awesome Riviera Kid. I have oh, your thank you. EP. Yeah. I really like it. In fact, you might like to know this. My kids were dancing to your EP today because they were asking me about who I was talking to tonight. And I said, well, you can you can listen. So we were having a mini mosh pit in my kitchen to your... Oh, that's sick. Which, what song? Building a Disco. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> I'll have to do a video for that one at some point with lots of kids moshing around kitchens. Yeah, it's a fantastic um, yeah. song. Uh, it's on the EP. It's not a matter of A or B by Riviera Kid. That's yeah. not, that's for the listeners so they can go and check you out. I know that you know that. Okay, yeah, I, I won't. <laughs> I won't interrupt next time you say something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, are oh, there cool. any new releases in the works for us to look forward to from Riviera Kid? Yeah, so we've got a new EP uh, coming out on Back from the Dead Records, which is the label that ha- has like Eastfield and Two Sick Monkeys and all sorts of like really good stuff. Oh yeah, on okay, it. yeah, I love both those bands. Um, th- they've got a great back catalog. We're the forty-first release. I can't remember everybody they've put out because there's like loads of it. Yeah, um, they've got. I think they've got like copy wronged. It's 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 Mr. T from Second in Line's band. So like everything Second in Line ever put out is on that label. Okay. No, so they've got some really good stuff. We were meant to release next month in Bristol, but that that's postponed, obviously. So we're not sure when we're going to release it just yet. We're sitting on the masters now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're literally just sitting on the masters and, and trying to figure out. We, we want to wait till we know we've got another gig that's actually happening to get the discs pressed up so that we can sell them because we're absolutely pants at trying to sell our own stuff online. Yes. Like we're, it's, we're a DIY band. We like to load all our stuff into my little car and drive around the country. That's how we do best. Yeah. And uh, it's, so. it's fun that way. And it, so you really do rely on the, the sales and having the album at your gigs and playing. Yeah, well absolutely. So people want to buy it. <laughs> I think we, on, on the first EP, we were, we were lucky enough to, to sell through two pressings, but like, I want to say we sold at least, double as many physical copies that came with download codes as we did just downloads. Yeah, that's good. So like I, I, I'm much, and, and, and you know, somebody downloads your stuff for like two quid or whatever. That doesn't exactly put petrol in the tank to get to the next city usually. So No, it's always CD. And I think the part of the rise in vinyl in the DIY scene is the part, what you can get back from it as well as a band. People love vinyl. They're willing to pay for it. Yeah, absolutely. And and vinyl, I mean, if, if we could find a label that was willing to put vinyl out, it would be amazing. But we're not that big yet. You know, we're, we're we're at that paying our dues stage where people know who we are now, at least. So, like, they might see our name on a flyer and come out and see us. But we're not like we're not like we, we, we haven't to this point been the main attraction for like any gig. We've we've done one headline in, in Canterbury, which is like Dan's hometown. But, yeah, we're not quite at the point where, like, we can get people to. To, to sign on to putting out vinyl for us but if we get there hey that would be sick yeah we've not done vinyl we've not it's too expensive to do the the, the yeah. what you get back is great but you've got to have that cash to chuck at it at the first place so everybody go and watch riviera kid and go and buy their cd so we can get some vinyl <laughs> yeah too right <laughs> what's the new ep going to be called Oh, uh, so the new EP is called Stay Positive and it's really apt actually for what's going on in the world right now <laughs> yeah uh, we, I mean, we, we decided to name it Stay Positive because we were recording it uh, sort of like the month after the last general election and all over social media and all through the newspapers and in daily conversations when you live in a town that votes conservative but everybody's working class. You just hear people complaining all the time. Yes. Uh, and and me and Dan uh, – and and – Side story to this is our our bass player was a miserable uh, <laughs> sod. Like he's, I love Mac, but he he decided to leave the band back in December because this was all just a bit too stressful for him. Okay. With our touring schedule, and he's one of those people that could complain about winning the lottery. I do love him. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm slating him. He's he's a really he's a good dude. Like he's just. Yeah, just he he was getting all stressed out by it, and like I don't like people being all stressed out about anything. I want it to be, I want music to be fun. I want the band to be fun. It was like when he left, it's like new chapter. Let's 
stay positive about everything and like try to put put that positivity out into the world around us you know yeah well i agree you're not going to achieve anything by just constant negativity in in anything you do yeah. in life but especially if you're doing something creative like music you're supposed to enjoy once it turns into something that's constantly a, a complaint to you then what why why carry on you know so you got to keep oh, it, and it and positive ex- ex- exactly and i'll admit like even on our first ep like the the lyrics like like uh building a disco kind of complaining about people black dot is you know it's all about like spousal abuse and and how you, sh- you should never hit somebody you love which is it's 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 a good message but i still kind of presented it in like a negative way yeah and then like the only one that's really positive on the first ep like where all the lyrics are really positive is the last song which is about being non-binary but like uh, break free so we decided stay free? Is that... break free stay free yes. yeah but so we decided on the new ep like we're still we're still pushing a social message in everything that we do but we're we're we've got to a point where me and dan have decided we want all the lyrics to be presented positively not not complaining about like the way things are but how we can change them and make them better and so that's something that comes through a lot in the newer songs so that's the longest explanation I've ever given for why we called the EP Stay Positive, actually. <laughs> it's a good explanation, and it makes complete sense, and it's it's true. You know, it's a good way to live. Yeah, it's it's just, I mean, like, there's a, there's a million bands that are, shout, that are shouting down a microphone about all the things that they're irritated with, and, like, that's most anarcho-punk bands. And I love anarcho-punk, and that's kind of what we play, which is great. But, like, I wanted to... I really like that positive spin, like that Chumbawamba style of coming at things or like I'm really influenced by bands like Hagar the Womb and uh, like in Terrabang who have this like positive way of looking at the problems. Let's face them in some proactive way instead of just being pissed off. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of what we've gone for. <laughs> I listened. I can't remember the podcast or the episode and it was probably about a year ago, but they did an episode on Chumbawamba. And it was yeah. an amazing story of their, their whole career from beginning to end. And I had no idea about 80% of it. See, most people, what they know about Chumbawamba is the tub-thumping era. Like, they don't realize the 20 years before that or yes. the internal struggles and like the existential crises the band went through after they had this huge hit song. That and they, they had some crazy They never asked times. for that. It just happened. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're a band that started out on Crass Records making their own t-shirts and playing to like 10 people at like the 1 in 12 club in Bradford. And like they went they went from that to suddenly being this huge worldwide like popular band that sold 8 million copies of a single. And and they didn't handle it terribly well, but I, I don't know that I would either. I don't, I don't think I'd ever want that. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the poison chalice for an anarcho-punk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what do you do with that? You want to get your message out to as many people, but then suddenly you're like, no, wait, not that many people. I mean, they, they actually, they, they, they were trying to self-fund a documentary for this, like I think about three years ago that just like it never ended up happening, unfortunately. But it's literally that like they were like, well, you know, we want to sign to a big label to to put our message out to as many people as possible. But then like the message got lost somewhere because like the, the record labels like well, we're not all, all of these like really socially conscious and like politically controversial songs. We're just not going to do singles for them. We're going to bury them on like the second side of what was a cassette tape back then. Yeah. And I think they got taken down by the scene a bit as well, didn't they? They had a bit of a hard time. Yeah, and they wound up like changing lineups, and like all the people I care about, like quit the band. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, and then and then yeah, you've got you've got the shell of the original band. It's like it's like with, with stuff like New Order, where like I haven't I have not cared about anything New Order has done since Peter Hook left. So it's like it's just the same kind of thing. Yeah, so you've got the shell of the original band still touring around. Yeah. Minus sort of the the creativity and the passion that was behind all of it that got you into it in the first place. It's like the the Misfits uh did were, were you at Rebellion 2015 when the Misfits played and it wasn't like the Misfits, it was like no, Jerry Only and his son and Marky Ramone and you're just like this, this no, no, this isn't the Misfits. No, that like, wasn't. <laughs> Oh, uh, you you didn't miss much. It was it was really <laughs> disappointing. Like I was I was really stoked to see them because I hadn't I'd only ever seen them like Michael Graves era back in the nineties, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be cool. It's like you know, yeah, it's like the Misfits. No, it was it was really just Jerry only, and like his son was playing guitar and like Marky Ramone. 
and you're like, oh wait, no, this 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 isn't this isn't what I was excited about at all. Not quite the same <laughs> as it was. So you've left Ode to Sleep. Did you ever release any music with them? No. So we we recorded an EP that was getting picked up by a small record label. And in the most amicable way I can say this, the drummer got really stressed about it and kicked me out of the band. So, okay, takes a certain type of a certain type of person to kick somebody out of a band during a worldwide pandemic when you can't be practicing or touring anyway. So, I just kind of left it as what it is. <laughs> yeah, well, stay positive, Reverend John. Well, it, it, the, the it thing, is... no, it, it, that's exactly it. I mean, if they they want to go on. I mean, I think we were going in different directions because I'm like a weirdo feminist anarcho-punk, and I, I get that. And that's not everybody's cup of tea. So, And I don't think it was ever going to be their cup of tea, but they've, I don't know, something about this whole being in lockdown thing, you know, it's just, I don't know, gives I people a new lovely, lease on life or something. If that means oh, well, anything you. to you. <laughs> I don't think there was any argument about me being lovely. I, I'm, I'm a lot of, I think I'm a lot of me to handle a lot of times. And I know that. And like, I've got the most patient wife in the world. and I've got the most patient best friend in the world. And that's, that's why the two of us you and me go both. out and tour. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I ain't what to do. I was jumping on the patient <laughs> okay. wife comment because uh, I know what that's like. Yeah, no, it's it's good to have a patient wife, and I, yeah, no, if you've if you've got that, you hold on to that and you cherish it. Definitely. But yeah. So I mean, I'm just I'm just really fortunate. I've got two best friends. I've got Timmy, who you know is my wife, and I've got Dan, who's my drummer, and like they're, they're like the they're the two most patient people I've ever met, probably because I am I am a handful. I admit I'm a handful, and I know I'm a handful. I'm one of those people that has to be busy like 24 hours a day, and like I'll wake up in the middle of the night and like get out of bed to go write song lyrics down and stuff like that yeah uh so see i'm the kind of person i have to keep the schedule pressure up on myself to kind of yeah keep, i've noticed I'm, I'm admiring i'm admiring the various teaching personas on on your social media man <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> I'm, I'm loving it <laughs> yeah so am i <laughs> it's pretty good i mean i'm not at work because uh sammy my wife is uh she works for the local NHS hospitals charity. And oh, yeah, yeah. They're doing a lot of work at the moment, as you can imagine. But she has to work from home. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. our kids can't go to school. So I, we don't have much choice. I've got to be here homeschooling. But I'm having a lot of fun with it. I've went uh, on a school trip yesterday to the bottom of the garden for a campfire. Yeah, saw that. Yeah, no, I, I, admittedly, I'm I'm not I'm not internet stalking you. I swear, but like I've, <laughs> I'm just, all up on it because... though. You can't miss me at the moment. I'm everywhere. Yeah, so, there's there's literally I'm I'm not joking. Like you, you you find the other extroverts in a crisis like this because I've got like 1,500 people on my friends list and nine of us are posting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone else is just going. I'm just gonna sit here and watch watch Netflix. I think, which is fine. Yeah, it's it's that is fine, and I do that as well. But like, yeah. I, I need to stay connected. Like, I'm one of those people. I go crazy if I wasn't. Like, I started a podcast because I'm stuck in isolation, and I think that's where we first got in touch, like last week or something. Yeah, definitely. Like, my next question yeah. is something I'm asking everybody, which is, uh, how is isolation affecting them, and how are they hitting the back? Like, not at the hordes of zombies that we might have expected in this kind of scenario, <laughs> but at the wave of boredom <laughs> that's just smacking us all in the face. How are you coping? Oh, and also, how is uh, like your congregation? Are you managing to keep in touch with some of them somehow? Yes. So I'm I'm in I'm in a very strange place with my job. I'll talk about I'll talk about um, maybe I'll talk about what a, yeah what's going on with my job first, and then I'll tell you my, like you know what's going on around here. Yeah. Just quickly, both of them. I'm in a strange place with my job because I'm a curate. So like I'm the assistant minister of my church. Yes. Which means I've got a boss like everybody else has. Like he's, he's in charge. It's, you know, he's, he, he's the one that runs the church. He's technically like the landlord for the buildings and all of that stuff. So, okay. I mean, he's been here for four years. I've been here for just over nine months. So he's a lot busier than me right now. Yes. Um, but like he's he's been in touch this week, which is good just to see what I've been up to. But I think I've had about I've had conversations with six or seven people from my congregations over the last week, 
and I've run into like one person while I was up working on the community gardening project that I'm doing and I ran into one at Sainsbury's but yeah for the most part I think people are getting in touch with him I think there's a little over a hundred people who are like regular attendants at my church over like the two things on the two um, services on a Sunday yes but I've literally spoken to yeah a maximum of 10 of them this week 11 if you count my wife <laughs> yeah well, I saw you on Facebook because I am internet stalking you. And uh, <laughs> oh, sick! <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw you uh, posted a video from the garden, doing some work in the garden at the Holy Trinity Church. Yeah, Holy Trinity Margate. Yeah, that's we. Um, so we just started a community gardening pro. Well, I say we. I was given a community gardening project to work on whenever I started at the church because it was something they always wanted to do, but they never had like a set of hands to do it. Yeah. Uh, so I've done all the coordinating for it. But on Tuesday, we weren't yet. That was before Bojo got on the TV and told us all that we weren't allowed to go outside unless we were exercising or it was necessary. So yeah. I went up to put like I, I went I went up to do some weeding and put dirt in the raised beds and stuff because I had a couple of volunteers who were going on Wednesday to plant flowers. So I wanted to make sure that there was dirt for them to put the flowers in. Yeah. But like, yeah. So, I mean, the birds, the birds don't even know that this whole thing's going on. This whole crazy. The birds are having a party. Lockdown. I don't know if you know, but I'm a gardener is my job. Oh, right. Yeah. That's, that is really sound. And in the first few days of people distancing and staying in, the the schools were shut down before we were told to stay in our homes. And the, yeah. the lack of traffic, and I, I was seeing birds in the garden I work in that I hadn't seen before or for a long time. You know, they're just them. They're taking advantage in a oh, good way, absolutely. taking advantage of the situation, yeah. having a little bird party. Well, I'm like, I'm not joking at all when I say this, but Margate's got parakeets. Like, there, there used to be an aviary. This is the legend. Is like. There used to be like Kent had an aviary and it was in Margate. And when they shut it down, they just kind of turned all the birds out like wild. Oh, because like, you could do that, I guess, like 70 or 80 years ago. Sounds like a good idea. <laughs> so the, so the parakeet populations have like survived because I guess it's it's warm enough through the winters. But you never see them normally. Like you, you, you might catch two all summer normally like around because they're really good at well, being the same color as the leaves and being right at the top of the trees. With the sheer lack of people out, I'm seeing them almost every day because I live like, I, I live less than 100 meters from the closest local park, uh, so I'm very lucky for. But like, I'm walking the dog and I'll just see them hanging out on bare branches, sunning themselves. I saw you talking about the the birds you were hearing and uh, you're a very good talker, by the way, I might add. Oh, uh, yeah, thank you. It's professional training unfortunately <laughs> i wish i was just this articulate <laughs> <laughs> and you, you said parakeets in this video and i thought well i'm not that good at bird identity either so i'm not going to judge you on that <laughs> but there are actual <laughs> parakeets my wife said she's like no. <laughs> yeah my wife was like nobody questioned the parakeets and i was like i know <laughs> like because it's like i thought it was real weird when we moved here and somebody said there was parakeets and i'm like oh yeah all right yeah, and then the first funny. time i saw them i was like it's serious. It's a parakeet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah, mate. We've had those for like eighty years now. Like ever since, ever since uh, Ramsgate got bombed in the Second World War, they, they they closed the aviary and they turned all the birds out. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's something I never knew about Margate. Oh man, there's 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 a lot of weird local history down here. It's I I, I love it. I, I I used to live about thirty miles from here up near Canterbury before I moved down here for my current job. And it is, it is a whole different world. It's, it's, it's special. I wish that whenever Headstone Horrors came to play Ramsgate last year that you were able to come down for that weekend. That would have been awesome. It's, it's, it's a really special part of the world. We'll have to try and figure it out next time. Yeah, next time. We'll, we'll definitely make sure it's when you're available next time as well because it it's, it's a special little place down here. <laughs> yeah, it's like it, the land that time forgot. It looked, I was about to say it looked really nice and quaint was the word I was going to use the, of the bits I've seen it's i mean oh i don't know what it is it's, it's very like it's like a time capsule because like most of the houses in my neighborhood were built in like the 1960s so it's very it reminds me it's like very much like suburban america where i am but then like you walk five minutes up the road and like you're in like i don't want to say a metropolitan center but you're in like a proper really big town that's got 
a high street with a McDonald's and all that stuff. So, yeah. Nice. Well, I was asking everyone about how they're dealing with isolation, how they're filling the time. And this is what prompted me to message you first about being on our podcast extra for the isolation specials. Yeah. Because you filled the time starting a podcast. Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, so I'm 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 spinning a couple of plates at the minute on my end. Um, <laughs> got to learn I, new skills. I, <laughs> the funny thing is, because like I I got I've I've had a audacity on my uh, laptop since I got it like back in December because I've got to like like for the first three years I'm in my job I've still got to write essays and do uni on weekends every here and there so I got this laptop and it came with audacity and I'm like oh cool. I'll learn how to use this. And then I, I never did. <laughs> so like when, when I finally got to the point where I'm going into isolation and like, we're not allowed to go into the office and stuff. I was like, yeah, I, I'm going to record a, like an electro punk EP. And like, I started like working on it and I realized that there's like a steep learning curve to how you record stuff on audacity without it just sounding like garbage. There are bits and bobs hanging around on audacity that, <laughs> They hide, and when you find them, it'll be like a light bulb. It's yeah, one of so, the things. It feels like quite intuitive for the basics, like actually recording and cutting and snipping. But if you want to delve deeper into production, it it takes a bit of uh, practice and messing a lot of stuff up. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 a like there's there's a, like I've read up quite a lot on it now, and I'm like there's a lot of stuff I need to do to get my guitar to not sound like I've constantly got like a, a wah pedal running yeah. on sort of high frequency while I while I'm recording it. So I've I've sidelined that project for the minute, and my next big ambition was to put together a podcast. And so uh, I think you know I've, I've the first the first episode. I didn't realize that if I recorded in stereo when I put my headphones on, it's only coming out of the left. Yeah. Uh, so that was a learning curve moment. And again, same problem with the music. Like the music came out like my guitar on the uh, on on the EP I started recording. So I've really cut back the music for the second episodes. But it's it's something that's giving me like it's giving me uh, new skills that I wouldn't have had otherwise. So that's one thing I am doing. And so like the new episode I've recorded like completely in mono yep. <laughs> on one, on one track. So it's like my, vo my, my, my voice at least comes out of two speakers. If somebody's listening to it on two speakers well, and the music doesn't sound anywhere near as bad as in the first episode. <laughs> I haven't listened to the second it. episode yet. I have listened to the first one. The second episode is, is, is slicker production, but I made the mistake of having like seven cups of coffee while, like, while I was. It takes about three hours for me to do the rants and edit it all back, and I edit section by section. It's like I was well caffeinated by the last ten minutes of that one. So it, it's, we we should mention the name a, of the podcast, by the way, is some of my best friends. Yeah, some of my best friends. It's on. Uh, oh, who, who did I even end up uh, releasing it with? Sounder. Yes. Sounder.fm. Yep. Yeah, and for for some reason, Sounder thinks it's called Some of My Best Friends Episode One. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that did help. It just help so no me find which one. No matter which episode you're you're listening to, you need to search for Some of My Best Friends Episode One. So, like, no one's ever going to find this thing. But it's on Apple Podcasts as well. Somehow, uh, I don't fully understand. They uh, they but... send it out through well, it's something called an RSS feed. They send it out to everyone, but you might you want to check each one and see if it's on there anyway. And you uh, can yeah, if you can find your RSS yeah. address, you can send it to them yourself as well. Oh, I, I might just have to do that. Yeah. So I have listened to your first episode, and I will listen to the second one. I liked the first one, and it seems oh, that your general idea is to discuss the world, uh, current and past issues within it, and kind of relate certain song tracks to your experiences within the world with some stories i'd say that's a very generous way of putting it because uh, you know i see it as ranting about shit that i would normally be talking to people about in real life but i don't have the the luxury of doing that at the minute uh it seems so you're choosing it, it keeps... topics that were relevant to you that you'd noticed throughout <laughs> the world and presenting them in a well formatted show that everybody yeah. can relate to I, I like that. That's diplomatic. 
I'm not sure everybody gives a, gives a shit about the characters on Roswell back in 1999. But I was just about nice to say, to... I remember Roswell, and you were saying <laughs> that no one would uh, remember, or no one might remember Roswell. I think it was on Channel 5 in the UK back in the day, uh, but I never actually watched that... it. I just saw all the trailers for it. Just the fact that you remember it is, a, is the mark of, of a good personality. Just that <laughs> on its own. As far as the emo yeah, hair, I'm not sure where the, the early female style come from, where you were trying to guess, because you, you thought it might be Roswell. But I, I have managed to trace the male version back to 2001's Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, Blink-182, Tom DeLonge's oh. album cover. Yeah, I could I could definitely see that, yeah. Tom DeLonge on the album yeah. cover from that, I always thought had that sweeping hair down. It, it was like just before the the emo hair but i think it may have been influential enough to kick it off i'm i'm see i'm I'm not i'm still at a loss on it because like i definitely thought it was maria de luca from roswell but like she's got that haircut for like two episodes while it's growing between really really short and shoulder length so okay so i think my theory my theory was wrong what i think maybe happened is like some other TV show or like some pop star or something saw that and was like, oh, I'm going to do that. And then that's probably the thing is, the, the irritating thing is I know that like this girl Morgan I dated when I was 18 or 19, somewhere in that range would definitely know like the origin. Yes. But she's like, she's like, she, she's like a mom with two kids and she's like got them home all day at the minute and stuff. So I haven't messaged her because I'm like, yeah, she's busy. She's got other stuff going on. Are you, are you still but in touch would... at all or has it been a long time? Um, I'm one of those people that like, I, a, apart from like one or two uh, exes that I've lost touch with, I'm still friends with pretty much everybody I've ever dated. <laughs> like I know that's, that's not the normal, but that's me. Uh, so like, that's no, we're enough. still on good terms, and we still talk on social media every now and again. And like, I don't know. Like, I mean, we were we used to hang out all the time. We hung out more probably after we broke up than we did while we were a couple. So, anyway, I could bother her, and I know she would know the origin of that haircut because <laughs> she had it for like three years. Maybe but episode like, I just three. Don't want to bother her. What's that? Maybe in episode three. Episode three. Yeah, have, have yeah. Have it as a subplot going throughout a few episodes. Where did emo hair come from? And she can solve it in episode what? five or something. And it was aliens. I could do that. Yeah, yeah. There we go. You're, you're going to get like co-production credit on this. Thing <laughs> oh, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. I am. I'm on my last question. Oh, cool. Uh, it's something I'm asking every guest. How long do you predict that this might be going on for? My guess was six months. I had Zoe Hesler upon yesterday, and she thought that. Five months, and I guess six. Do you want to have a guess here? There's no prizes if you win, but uh, it's just a bit of fun. You get to go outside. I'm, hope- <laughs> I'm, go- I'm, I'm going to ambitiously guess that we get the all clear by the 1st of August. Shit. And- <laughs> <laughs> what happened to stay positive? <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, that, that's positive, isn't it? <laughs> the fact, no, uh, Implying that it well, will end one day—that that's positive. Thinking. I mean, that's that's sli- that that's that's like that's like slightly that's like five months or like a little bit less than five months. Oh, of course, August is. Sorry, yeah, I'm being ridiculous and thinking uh, August was a lot longer away than that, but it's not. We're in March already. Yeah, no. As as I saw yesterday, my good friend Darren Russell Smith posted that it was 19 weeks to rebellion yesterday, thir- no or two days ago, Thursday. Yeah. Okay. And I thought nineteen weeks. Shit! I hope this all blows over in the next nineteen weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So well, so do I, because uh, you get to play rebellion. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, well, hopefully, yeah, hopefully we get to. But, I mean, it's I, I'm I'm less worried about that than like it's the one time a year I get to see a lot of people that if we're not going and doing like driving all over the country in my tiny car to play gigs. I'm not seeing a lot of people otherwise. This will be my only go to see a lot of the people I've planned on seeing in the next six months. Yeah, I think that's that's Uh, the same for a lot of people within the punk scene in the UK. You all have your your local scenes and then everyone gets together for Rebellion. And it's a really good time and it's, it's really social, it's brilliant, and everyone has a laugh. So it'll be extremely sad if it's cancelled. Yeah, so, I mean that, that that's that's basically 
but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of hanging on for that because like I can see my mates from Bristol and Northern Ireland at the same time, and I never get to do that otherwise. Like, and it's just great to have everybody right there. Yeah, well, I so. hope especially for you because uh, you're on the bill that it's going ahead. And thank you very, very much for joining me tonight. It's been amazing. Oh, thank you for having me on. I hope it was half as interesting as you were hoping. It was. It was exactly <laughs> as, in, well, it was more interesting than I, no, that's putting you down. It was just very interesting. I'm going to stay here that. Not more interesting than I thought you would be. And it's not less interesting than I thought you'd be because they're both yeah. insults. But it was great. Oh, that's, mate, no, no offense taken either way. <laughs> right, let's have some plugs for you. You're in Riviera Kid. Yeah. So people go and check out Riviera Kid. It's not a matter of A or B is the EP that's out at the moment. What's the name of the EP coming out whenever you get a chance? Oh, so the EP coming out is called Stay Positive, and that's coming out on Back From The Dead Records imminently after the the quarantine is lifted on the country. So as soon as we're allowed out of our houses and we're having gigs again, probably the first gig that we have that goes ahead will be our release party. Awesome. Sort of Are you on Instagram and Twitter? You want to give them a plug? Yeah, so Riviera Kid Music on Instagram. I'm also on Instagram as Punk Rock Vicar. I don't use Twitter. If the band has one, uh, I don't know it because I haven't looked at it. <laughs> I love the name Punk Rock Vicar, by the way. Oh, thank That's you. It was, uh, it, was, it was descriptive. Somebody did a... a, a well, not somebody. So our ex-bass player in Riviera Kid, Mac, uh, who's, again, I said I love the guy still. He did a feature on uh, me, basically, after he quit the band in, in his zine. And he called me the punk rock vicar of Kent. And it just stuck ever since. So It's fantastic. That's why it stuck, because it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, so I want to thank Mac for giving me that nickname, because it's, it's stuck really well. So, yeah. Yeah, any case, uh, I don't know that I have anything else to plug at the minute because we don't have That's shit fine. coming up. Thank you very much for coming <laughs> uh, to have a word yeah. with me. And uh, good luck with the apocalypse and stay safe. Uh, yeah, you too, Joe. Thank I you. I very much hope we get to speak again soon and especially gig whenever we're allowed to. Yeah, I'm hoping the next, not, not, not the next time we speak, but I'm hoping I get to see you in person this year at some point. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Be cool. Right. Thank you yeah, very much. All right. Have yeah, a good evening cheers, and uh, have a good isolation. Yeah. Stay safe. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much, mate. Cheers, man. See you soon. Yeah, cheers. Bye. Bye. Well, that was awesome. The Reverend John Huffman uh, making my job very easy by being very interesting and having a lot of awesome stuff to say about the world. Check out his new podcast, Some of My Best Friends. I listened to the first episode so far. I'm definitely going to listen to the second. He's the type of guy that you can just listen to talking about his thoughts and it's kind of entrancing. He's He's got a better podcast voice than me and uh, that's annoying, but there you go. Thanks, John, if you're listening to this. I sincerely hope we get to do this again in one form or another. And as for everyone listening, thank you very much. It's been amazing again. Yesterday I talked to Zoe, today I talked to John and... Next, I think it's going to be Ken Birch, if we can get that uh, interview rearranged for some time soon. But until then, good luck with the apocalypse and stay safe. Cheers. Bye.